Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Tversky Tuesdays. I'm your host, Hanania Abraham. We are recording episode 28 today. Last episode, we were talking about the self-fulfilling a person can get in marriage to bring about the sense of spirituality, which is really giving over to someone else. We mentioned some, a story that Rabbi Dr. Tversky remembers with, between his father and his mother. Story that I said over regarding couple that the wife is still waiting to get, have her turn to give in to her husband after 50 plus years of marriage. Now today we're going to talk about compassionate relationships. If compassion means relating to people by understanding them, emphasizing with them, and being sensitive to their needs, then trying to control people is surely the polar opposite. I don't know why in general there's a concept of controlling and how that works in a relationship. There is no healthy relationship that has a sense of control of another partner in it. I mean, think about it now. I would say that this can be applied also to children. No long-term relationship will be able to be healthily affected by having a parent that is trying to control their child. There is a phenomenal book by a Rabbi Yechiel Yaakovson uh, called To Spear the Child, The Essentials of Child-Rearing and Torah Chinuch, which is the Jewish words for child-rearing. And he talks about the difference between control and parenting, or control and chinuch. And I think that's so important, that there are certain situations and times when it comes to children that there could be control, but in general, you want to be able to do something today that the tree will be able to grow tomorrow. So plant the seed today so that the tree can grow later. When it comes to relationships, it works the same way. If you're going to try to control your spouse, what do you, what's that tree going to look like in, in 10 years from now, let alone 20, 30, and 40? Obviously, it'll be more and more of an issue as 20, 30, and 40, you see how bad the tree looks. But the concept of controlling by power, continues Dr. Torsky, is an animal, excuse me, <clears throat> is an animal trait observed in many species, what he calls here the pecking order, when one animal rises to the top and becomes a dictator before whom the other animals cower. Exerting control over the oh excuse me, exerting control over other people is particularly tragic because it is extremely counterproductive. That's literally what we, we what we were just saying regarding children. But we humans are very vulnerable to this flaw, particularly in husband-wife and parent-child relationships. Oh, wow. Whether the control is by physical force, through verbal threats, or by withholding money or affection, control is control. People who are experiencing chronic disconnect because of lack of self-fulfillment may try to achieve a feeling of importance by exercising the control over other people. If people quake before them, and follow their orders, it may make them feel that they are somebody, and they mistakenly feel self-fulfilled. Even if they do feel feel self-fulfilled, I would say that this only happens very, very, very short term. And it cannot be something that will be embedded into that relationship that will end up turning out to be healthy in the long run. 
People who fulfill themselves by controlling others are caught in a vicious cycle. Because control is the antithesis of true self-fulfillment, the more we try to exert control, the less we, f- we fulfill ourselves, the greater our symptoms for spiritual deficiency syndrome. Because we're not going to be able to have a spiritual connection towards anyone when we're trying to control others. I think one of the, one of the most embarrassing things that I ever saw was a waitress getting screamed at by someone. The table, not next to me, but sure, the way the man's voice, how loud it was, was sounded like it was next to me. And the whole, the whole restaurant felt uncomfortable and got quiet. Now, I don't know what type of mistake she made, and if she even made a mistake. But I think it's fair to say when it comes to how to deal with it, if you're going to do it in a controlling way, and by the way, I think it's fair to say that most control doesn't happen by just being forceful. It comes by anger. And when a person doesn't have control over their anger, therefore they cannot be present in that discussion. There's a reason why an angry person is considered like someone who might be killing someone in certain ways, at least in the Talmud, because you don't know what might happen. So a person that's trying to control the situation if he's going to do it in a way where it's going to involve the forceful action, there is going to be complete and utter chaos in that relationship going forward. If, say, a parent is provoked into rage and loses control over his or her anger, the parent should uh, subsequently say to the child, I'm sorry I lost it. Yes, I was very angry, but I did not have to scream and carry on like that. I did. I'm going to try hard to control my anger, so that I do not explode like that. Something that I, I've talked about in my um, parenting classes that I've, I've given, well, right now completely over Zoom, but I think the three most important words in a relationship, especially with your child, is not I love you, but I am sorry, or I'm sorry. And I think that goes so far, or I made a mistake. Saying that, to sort of put yourself in a vulnerable, in a vulnerable spot and humbleizing yourself goes such a long way in that relationship itself. I remember very, very clearly my fi- a fifth grade teacher of mine doing that and apologizing to the class for losing their temper. But we all got quiet, but he apologized for it. I remember a, spe- a specific story with my father once of him asking me to pick up the phone, telling the person he wasn't there, and then a little while later, I think it was later in the day, apologizing to me for having me lie that he wasn't there. I didn't think of it as a kid, but as I got older, I realized how what a type of amazing moment that was and a teaching moment that I will never forget. I could tell you exactly where I was when that story happened. I remember exactly. I'm literally picturing it right now in my head. If anyone wants to know where I was exactly when that happened or specifically what it was that, the, that my father made me quote-unquote lie for, please email me. Hopefully by now you guys know my email address. But I'll, I'll study you at the end of the uh, recording here. So finishing up what we've been talking about, if, if, say, a parent is provoked into rage and loses. So we said, yes, I was very, very angry, and I am sorry for doing that, and I will try to work on that. That itself could be a very powerful lesson of spirituality and self-fulfillment. One father related his experience. Last week, I was at the breakfast table with my four-year-old son, Pete. Pete trusts me, and I love him with every fiber of my being. 
But that morning I was not on my game. He did something and I snapped at him. I told him to stop being bad, sit up straight, and be a good boy. The look in his eyes about killed me. I had betrayed him in a way he had never thought possible. In a second, he ran from the table and hid in his room. I went to Pete's room, took his hands into mine, and told him how sorry I was. I told him, Daddy sometimes doesn't feel just right and makes mistakes. I told him Daddy was probably going to be crying in a minute, but that it's okay because tears sometimes happen when you feel sad about something. Then Pete turned the table on who was holding whose hands. <laughs> he, I just, I'm picturing this actually happening with one of my kids, and this is for sure something that has happened numerous times. I just can't think of a single moment right now that sticks out of my head, but this is something that has happened. He held my hands and he said, Daddy, I'm feeling something deep. I asked him what it was. He said, I don't know the name of that feeling, but he crawled up in my arms and put his face against mine. He was crying too. We stayed like that for a long time. Father and son both had a spiritual experience. Their ability to feel empathy for each other was more powerful than any need for control. I want to read that again. Their ability to feel empathy for each other and have that connection was more powerful than any need for control. By being truly sensitive to his son's needs, the father not only earned his son's love and respect, but he was going to be the best father he can be, mistakes and all, which, by the way, makes a great father, brought, which brought him the happiness he truly desired with the son. I'll share one last story that makes the point about the link between compassion and spirituality better than any more words I could add. Hope everyone has their seat buckled on, because this is going to be a good one. In Lexington, Massachusetts, December 1995, a windblown fire destroyed uh, Malden Mills, effectively stealing Christmas from its 1,400 workers. Malden Mills was the only game in town. Obviously, 70-year-old Aaron Furenstein, the mill's owner, simply retired and closed the mill down. Furenstein remembered his father's teaching. In a situation that is devoid of morality, try to be thoughtful and do something worthwhile. Furstein met with the workers and told them he would, he would keep them all on full payroll with full benefits for at least a month, during which he would make every effort to reopen the mill. The word spread. Donations poured in, and from all over the country, money, toys, for children, frozen turkeys, and even tickets to the performance of the the Nutcracker seat in nearby Boston. And by the way, this is in the days before social media. This is in the days uh, before texting, pretty much. This is in the days before charity and uh, GoFundMe. But when word of something so good and so special and so meaning passes on, I'm going to try to take care of you the best way I can. These were all spiritual people with the way people poured in and gave back to these workers. I'm sure that all the donors truly enjoyed their Christmas dinners that year. That is the feature of compassion. It is contagious. And I'm curious if maybe some of, the, some of you readers can share some stories of that contagious compassion. I'll just end on a light note. I know it's nothing similar to what we've been talking about over here. I'm a little hesitant to even say the story, but I think it sort of goes. Um, I had a a flight once um, going from Jerusalem, Israel to America 
we had a stopover in Frankfurt, Germany, and there were some delays. It was a lot of lot of different like small issues that just like there were a group of us that were traveling not together, but once we realized that we're all traveling together, uh, we just stuck together. And um, there were a few people that had bought duty free some alcohol. And like earlier in the trip where we had some people just passing food to one another, we didn't even know we'd know each other's names. But since we were all together, all on the same kosher diet, we just shared some things with each other and just that brought us together. And then we're going through our last thing of security to get on the plane. And the security guard, you could tell he probably woke up on the wrong side of the bed that day, decided that, well, we're not allowed to bring any of the alcohol that was bought from duty-free onto the next flight because it wasn't bought in Frankfurt. It was bought in our first location, and therefore there was an issue regarding the security. Knowing that this guy bought uh, a decent amount of alcohol at a a fairly, well, cheap price for duty-free standards, but still expensive alcohol, he did not want to just give up the alcohol. What he did was he opened it up, poured himself a drink, and the security line behind him kept on passing back the, the bottles. It was a pretty cool sight to see how everyone just joining in and being part of it. And the, all the people by security just were like dumbfounded on how people were just, you know, sharing these really good alcohol with one another. I didn't even get a chance to have any because by the time it got back to me, there was none left in any of the bottles. But I think the concept of just giving over and just saying, hey, we're all in this. Let's try to figure this out. I know the story is not necessarily completely connected to what we've been talking about, but I think this concept of just giving, yeah, let's just figure it out. Let's just give. You know, I, um, a couple of years ago, there was a big fire in Brooklyn, New York, and a wife and uh, six or seven kids died. And, then, and the amount of of the, how the community got involved of just being able to help out the father and the one or two children that were still alive that were in the hospital was uncanny. Thinking back to stories that I heard of around Hurricane Sandy and people were literally just, yeah, come in. Let's, you know, my house is fine. Just come in, make yourself comfortable. And people stayed in other people's houses for six months and just doing things for others. It was nothing like I've ever seen in my life before. This concept of just giving over and just make yourself vulnerable can go so far of it ends up coming contagious. Well, that's it for now. We have just finished chapter 9. And next time we meet, we will be starting chapter 10, the ability to have perspective. Thank you so much for listening and joining in on this podcast journey of mine. I really appreciate everyone that has sent questions, comments, concerns, and most importantly, the parts, honestly, the part I love the most are the critiques and the negative aspects of things that I, I, I need to work on. And I think it's it's something that uh, hopefully I can continue to do and grow with and put out more content. I do want to share more messages from Dr. Torsky, as he was someone that I think had a lot to give over to others, especially to me personally. If you have any questions or comments that like we said before, please email me at koshercounseling at gmail.com.